Hello and welcome to the Mayfield Road Podcast, a ministry of Mayfield Road Baptist Church. Our goal with this podcast is to serve the mission of our church. Our mission is to reach spiritual explorers, build Christ followers, and empower difference makers. This podcast is a tool and resource for you. Listen intently as we learn from the Word of God each week. If you want to connect with our church, check out our website, www.mayfieldroad.org. Enjoy. Well, anytime you take on a new hobby or try to learn a new skill, If you're smart, if you're wise, you'll spend time with people who are a little bit more experienced than you. Um, Because if you do, uh, if you hang out with them long enough, you're going to start to hear some helpful tidbits, some key insights that are going to make all the difference in the world. And so you may be hanging out with somebody and they they may tell you, you know what, the key to making really good barbecue is you got to choose the right wood, right? That matters. You can think about that as you prepare for your Easter dinner. Um, they may say someone, you know, if you're, you're into baking, someone will say, look, 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 the key to baking is you got to know your oven. I mean, that makes a big difference, right? The key to hiking, to really enjoying hiking, is you got to buy the right boots. You can't, you can't skimp on that. So all these different things, knowing the key really makes a difference. Well, there is absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the resurrection is the key to the Christian faith. This is what makes all the difference in the world. This is the game changer what we celebrate today. Today is the day that we remember Jesus won the victory So today is the day we stand a little taller, we sing a little louder, we may spend a little time ironing our clothes and just getting excited about the day, and heaven forbid, because we're Baptists, but we might even make a little noise about it, because it matters. This is a big day for us. It's the day we remember that the battle was won once and for all. Death was defeated and our hope is secured. And that changes how we view our lives. That changes how we view our world. It matters. But at first, it wasn't all that clear to those first disciples. It it wasn't so apparent to them what was really going on. They didn't really grasp the full picture at first. And so this morning, we're going to go back and kind of see how Easter unfolds through their eyes a little bit. And so if you have your Bibles close by, let me ask you to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. And boys and girls, if you have your one big story Bible with you today, that's going to be on page 1052. Now here in Luke 24, it's the very first Easter morning, and we see some of the women who were going to the tomb to honor Jesus one last time. If you remember on Friday, when he was crucified, they had to rush the preparations and get him in the tomb fast, and so they weren't able to do all of the normal preparations that they often did. And so the women are headed back. They'd rested on the Sabbath, obeyed the commands, and then on Sunday, the first day of the week, they're going back to the tomb to try to finish the preparations there. 
And where we pick up in verse 1, it says there, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. And so the women go back, they tell the other disciples what's happened, what they've seen. But the other disciples, they don't know what to make of it. It seems a little far-fetched to them. And they're just trying to figure out, what could this mean? What's going on? What's at the heart of all this deal? This just seems strange. And so Peter, ever the man of action, he jumps up and he runs to the tomb. And he does. He finds it exactly the way that the women say. He finds it empty. Jesus is not there. But he's still left scratching his head. He doesn't really understand what all it means yet. And so he goes back and joins the rest of the crew. Later that day, two of the disciples who'd been on their way back to their hometown, they come bursting in the door where all the other followers of Jesus had gathered. And they come in and they're all excited and maybe a little bit out of breath. But they bust in the door and they say, we've seen him. Jesus is alive. We've seen him. We talked with him on the road. Can you believe what happens? Listen to this. And they go and they start to tell the story. And while they're telling the story and what had happened, Jesus comes and stands right there with them. Look in verse 36. While they're still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts fill your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Now, this doesn't just mean that Jesus would be a good Texan and would love a fish fry. This is actually an important thing, what Jesus is doing here. You see, the people in his day, uh, they believe that spirits or, or angels, they wouldn't eat. They don't have bodies, so they won't eat. In fact, there's an ancient story where an angel goes undercover as a human being... And at the end of the story where he's fixed everything and he kind of reveals to the people that, that he's actually an angel, to prove it to them, he says, remember, I never ate when I was with you. And they're like, oh, yeah. 
And so what Jesus is doing in this moment is he's helping the people see, helping his disciples see that he really is real. He's not a spirit. He's not a ghost or an angel. He really has been raised. He has a real physical body. This is actually what he said. Real, true resurrection from death to life. And he makes it clear in a way that they can understand. Isn't it? awesome that we have a Lord who knows how to make it clear in a way we can understand. I mean, that he cares enough to know us personally and to know how to relate things to us and how to reveal things to us in a way that makes sense. He knows how you're wired. He knows the way that you think. He knows how to speak to you and reveal himself to you and direct you and guide you. He knows all of that. And so those times in our lives when we have doubts, which we all have those moments, he's able to guide us through those doubts. He's able to help us beyond those. Those times when you're not sure if you believe or you're not sure if you can trust Jesus, you're not sure how to make sense of it all, ask him to show you. Ask him to reveal it to you. Because he is the kind of God who's able to guide us and lead us and show himself in a way that each of us makes sense. A way that makes sense to each of us. He's that personal and able to direct and guide us in that way. Well, as the disciples begin to realize Jesus really is here, he's really raised from the dead. Of course, they're excited about it, they're thrilled, but their heads are still spinning a bit. They're still trying to make sense of what's going on and, and why. Why did it go this way? I mean, why the crucifixion? They were all about Jesus going into town, being the Messiah, ruling, setting things right, setting up like God's kingdom on earth. They were all about that. But why the crucifixion? Why have the last few days just been awful? Why? What's going on with this? They're trying to make sense of it. And Jesus says, actually, the, cruce, the cross and the resurrection, this is the key to understanding the whole Christian story. Look in verse 44. Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets, and the Psalms. Jesus said the whole Bible has actually been building to this moment. And this is what we mean when we say the resurrection is the key to our faith. Because it's what unlocks the whole story. It's what makes everything kind of fall into place. Now, most of you probably have keys in your pocket to your house or some other lock. So let me ask you to, to humor me for a bit. Go ahead and pull those out. All right. Now, while you're pulling those out, for most of us, this is probably what we think of, you know, in our head. This is what we picture when we think about keys. Not these newfangled car fob things, but like real keys. Um, this is a key for a pin and tumbler lock. And the way that a pin and tumbler lock works is you have all these 
pins that are inside the lock. And in order for the lock to open, they all have to be aligned together. The problem is, as you can see, they're all different heights. And so the only way the lock is going to work is if they get aligned to the same height somehow. And that's where a key comes in. A key has these little grooves cut in them so that when you align it just like so, it all is the same height. Now, this worked earlier, and I'll get up. All right. There. <laughs> I had a wind issue during the early service, and so I may not have reconstructed it exactly as it was before. But you get the point, I think. Here. There we go. It worked a lot better when Jesus did it in the resurrection, I'll say. <laughs> but that's the picture. So... It only works when they're all in a line. When all these different pins are lined up by the key, and it only takes, it only can be done by the right key that aligns them all. And what Jesus is saying is the cross and the resurrection, this is the way that aligns all of the problems that you see unfold in the Bible. Now, the disciples, they have this grand plan of Jesus coming into town, being a king, setting everything up, no suffering, no problem, no mess, and he's just the king and it's all fixed. That sounds great, except it doesn't align all of the pins, all of the problems of Scripture. It doesn't deal with what's gone wrong back in the garden. The cross and the resurrection does. It aligns everything. So it's the cross and the resurrection that makes sense of it. It's that way that the problem of sin and death can be dealt with and defeated. The cross and the resurrection answers the question of how God's people would be rescued from their sin and their shame. The cross and the resurrection shows how God was going to use Abraham's family to bless all the nations of the world. The cross and the resurrection shows how God was going to provide a sacrifice that would bear our punishment, but whose punishment would bring us peace. The cross and the resurrection shows how a descendant of David would establish an everlasting kingdom, and that's what Jesus does here. The resurrection shows the reason for the hope we have and why even our grief is tempered with hope and is absolutely temporary. The resurrection shows how God intends to restore and renew his good world and make everything right once and for all. It's the resurrection that shows where this world is headed and how it's all possible. The resurrection is the key that makes it all work. It's the cross and the resurrection that aligns everything in God's kingdom, that aligns the whole story in a way that everything that was broken is going to be restored and healed. And Jesus is explaining this to all of them, and he helps them make sense of it. Verse 45, he says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. 
and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, he said. And so Jesus helped them understand how God's plan works. That God was really at work in the cross and the resurrection to fix everything that was broken, to fulfill all of his promises down through history, to bring everything to completion and restoration in a way that was right. He's doing all of this in this one moment, and he helps him to see this is what's going on. And he, send, he then sends out his followers to share this message of hope and redemption with the world. And they did. And it spread. And it continues to spread to this day. And so 2,000 years later, this is what we are still about as a church. We're still about proclaiming that hope and forgiveness is available and possible. We're still about helping men and women and boys and girls to understand that redemption is, is available. That God can restore and renew everything that's broken and tarnished within us. And he can clean us up and make us right with him and lead us to life. Not just like existence, but life in the full. Life as it's meant to be. He's offering that to anyone who turns to him. But you have to receive it. You have to trust him. You have to receive the forgiveness that's available. You have to look to what he has done to unlock the key and open the door to life. And if there's anybody here who is asking questions or not sure or want to know more, but you're, you just, it sounds cool, but you're just not sure you're ready to jump in yet, here's what I want to invite you to do. Email me. Email me, Doug at MayfieldRoad.org, D-O-U-G at MayfieldRoad.org. Email me and just say, I want to know more about following Jesus. I'll follow up with you and we can talk through any questions you might have. We can work through anything you want to explore deeper, anything that's holding you back or a, a, an obstacle that's tripping you up some way. I'd love to talk with you about what, you know, maybe what your next steps are. But... This redemption, this forgiveness, this life is available if you will reach out to it. Now, for many of us here in this room, we put our trust in Christ a long time ago. Maybe a couple years, maybe a couple of decades or more. But along the way, it's easy for us sometimes just to get distracted by life. I mean, we, we know... We know this story well. Many of us in this room can probably recite it. But it's easy to just let other things kind of take over. And sometimes it's really important for us just to have these moments where we remember this is what's really true. This is the key to life. To have moments where we regularly go back and remember, no, actually... This is what matters most of all. Because of what Jesus has done, that changes everything about my world. That changes how I look at things when I see wrongs going down in my world. That changes how I deal with it when I feel feelings of inadequacy. That changes how I think about it 
when I see brokenness or sickness or cancer or things that just are not right, it changes how I view all of it. And we need to have those moments where we go back and remind ourselves, this is the key to life. This is the thing that makes it all fall into place. This is the thing that makes it all align in a way where we see God's hand at work, God leading us to a good end. Sometimes we get distracted and like veer off and start chasing after other things that promise that they're, they're the key. But as followers of Jesus, we need these moments. And Easter is one of the best ones that we have where we come back and we stop and say, no, 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 no. No matter what the voices around me may say, no matter how I may get distracted or I may get tired and I get, you know, look, start looking down at what's in front of me on my agenda and forget all this other stuff. No, 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 no. There is one key to life. And his name is Jesus. And he secured it by his death and resurrection. And because of that, I know where this whole ball of wax is going. It's going to be redeemed and restored and rescued by our good God who created this whole world and didn't abandon it when sin came in and polluted and corrupted it. He didn't abandon us. He didn't abandon you. But he offered the key to life. This is what we're basing everything on. And so church family, today, as we all need these times, let's remind ourselves and let's declare again to ourselves, to one another, and to the Lord. We know what the key to life is. And this is what we're basing our hope on. And so, church family, if I could ask you to stand and let's pray together. Let's drive the stake in the ground together. This is the key to our lives. So if you would join me as we pray. Father, we thank you and we honor you. And we celebrate what you've done through sending Jesus. We recognize that there is one key to making sense of life. There's one key that unlocks the hope that you offer. And his name is Jesus. And today we recognize there is no other hope, no other ground on which we can stand that's immovable and secure. But you are. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us to remember this isn't something we just celebrate one day. This is who we are. This defines our reality. This defines how we're to live. This calls who we're to be. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray again and declare again, you are our hope. You are our life. You're the one that we follow. And so we ask for your help to show us how this isn't just something we say or celebrate for a morning or a day, 
But Father, help us to celebrate and live by you day by day by day as we continue what you've started and we look forward to what you bring about. Lord Jesus, show us to live in this way. We pray these things in the name of our risen, exalted, undisputed King of the world and Savior, Jesus. Amen.